G'day folks, it is the coach here and we are going to be doing a wonderful discussion about the big stompy boys, that is a talking sons of Wehrmacht, one of my personal favourite armies and funnily enough, an army I'm about to run 24 hours from now, uh, I'll be doing my one a tournament, actually my first tournament, this is my first third edition tournament, uh, today are because of COVID, like it's just ruined my my tournament season. So uh, finally get like a 40 player player tournament. But my guest here is no mightier is rightier. I don't know what I was going to try to say there. I'm going to try <laughs> to introduce you. Sleepy Gary um, had played at the LVO, came ninth, uh, four and one, just missed out on the finals. Like honestly, by like this much, so, so close. Uh, A.K.A. Dylan, by the way, his real name is Dil Dylan. I was really confused why his his name was Sleepy Gary, but um, he's joined me to talk all things sons, and we're going to try to unpack a little bit because I think it was really interesting for me as an observation. The first six months of AOS three, sons were running riot. Uh, obviously, you know, it was, it was the age of the superhero monster running around, smashing face. And it seemed like there were a couple of changes in the winter winter FAQ that um, pulled their power level back just ever so slightly. With um, uh, we got the nerf to the um, amulet of destiny. Mm -hmm. We had the change to the heroic action to heal. We had a couple of those those things that are kind of you know nerfed us just a little that kind of pulled our power level back. So I kind of want to talk to Dylan as well about where do we stand currently in the meta. What it, what tribe is probably our best tribe um, from his perspective? What was his successes at the LVO? Um, what did he learn along the way? Um, I know there was a really heavy Stormcast um, showing, and we've obviously had the Rise of Dragons. So, you know, how do Gargans kind of hang around him? Like that, that is going to be basically the show. So before we get into that, your introduction, Dylan, say hello to the internet. Hello, Internet. I'm Dylan, uh, probably better known as Sleepy Gary and confuser of many people because most people think my name is Gary. If you forget my actual name, that's fine. You can call me Gary or Sleepy Gary. I'll respond. I'm just a Rick and Morty fan, so that's why I like the correlation. Also, I don't sleep that well, so I'm kind of tired all the time. So I was like, Sleepy Gary, it works. No, I dig it. I uh, I regret not wearing my Let's Get Swifty hat, um, <laughs> which, which cool. occasionally jumps up on the show. But I thought I'd rotate it a little bit. Otherwise, people might think I've only got one hat. Let's talk Sons, my, one of my favorite factions, because it is such a simple, simple army. I'm a simple man. Uh, I, I was playing Gits before I moved to Sons. So I started Sons in second edition. And mm -hmm. um, I think I was one of the first people to go like four and one at a tournament. Like they, don't, they didn't happen very often back then, back in second edition, because they were the worst battle tome ever. Oh, really? Wow. But, or quote unquote, like some people were just like, this is the, this is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like they did, they did well, but they've really kind of shone in third edition. And what I've really enjoyed about Sons, and I've said this a few times uh, when we talked to Sons on the channel, is they're so simple. Yeah. They are so simple. Um, they are what they are, but they're also punishing. If you mess up, because you've only got four models, five models, three models on the table. If you are running at well, maybe about three or four, like if you're running like four models on the table, you can get really punished if you don't position correctly, if you right. overcommit or undercommit. So um, they're not just like go around stomp and kill everybody. There is some slight nuance, but right. what what got you into Suns and why would you take it to one of the largest third edition tournaments to date? 
Yeah. Um, so one thing that um, about Sunset's really cool is just the aesthetic. I mean, like, giants look dope. They look really cool. And I know uh, James Workshop's not going to like this, but there's really a lot of 3D alternatives out there that just look amazing. And you're just like, whoa. And you feel the presence of them on the table. Like, they're taller than, like, most people's models. And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to stomp. Um, but the reason why I brought them to LVO, uh, one, I just love the army. It's super simple. It's nice. They're awesome to play. They're very fun. But also, uh, when you're going to Vegas, it's so nice to just have to push four big models instead of like a hundred pink whores. And then you're like, well, I can't really have my fun in Vegas because I want to do well at the tournament and I have to focus on pushing a hundred pink whores around where me, I'm just like, let's get in there. Let's unga bunga. And then afterwards let's party, have fun. It's Vegas, you know? They're a, they're a cool army that allows you to be really competitive because right now in the current state of the meta where there are less objectives on the table, there is lots of heroes running around, um, you know, not nearly as many hordes. You know, it certainly plays into our strengths, which is great. But it's also a super casual army if you want to. If you, as you mentioned, go on and on the drink and, um, you know, that day two hangover, there's nothing worse than trying to remember all the reserve strategies and the magic combinations. And I've got to apply this command ability here and I move this model first. It's just exactly. literally put it on the table, move it forward. And um, it's, it's funnily enough, I think the first lesson I learned with Sons is it wasn't put your models on the table and run forward. It's actually quite the opposite. You were very, you're very cagey. You're very much picking on certain parts of the battlefield. And I quickly realized when I started playing Sons I was not running individual models. I was running tag team champions. I'd always run two around the table. And because, because one son won't kill anything. Like you, you really need two to be going in and wrecking face because they're just so swingy. Yeah, definitely. And also it's the idea that, um, when two sons are holding hands together, people kind of get dismay. They're like, oh, maybe I can charge one Gargant and beat him up or hurt him or maybe even kill him. But two, don't want to tag two into combat because uh, they'll come from the tight ropes and just deliver the chair to me. And I ain't about that life. I'm digging all these references because <laughs> uh, I remember I remember I played a game against uh, an OBR player and he had, uh, what's his name? Catacross, Special K. Mm -hmm. And um, like Special K put all these buffs down. And I think my, my opponent said, I've never lost Catacross ever. Like, you know, he's a tank, right? You know, 20 wounds. You yeah, know, yeah. can do all these amazing things. And I ran two gate breakers in him. Oh, no, it was like a gate breaker and a kraken eater. And okay. I just deleted him. And he's just like, what this happened? Because when they hit, they really hit. But you need more than one because otherwise you're just like hoping and praying that it's going to work. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny enough, the Gatebreakers even put on their wrestling masks. You know, they go full Lucha Relay mode on. <laughs> oh, you're speaking my language, Dylan. You're speaking my language. Uh, maybe I need to get like a little championship belt for my general. But I want to talk about LVO. So you mm -hmm. went to LVO. You did incredibly well. So it was like 200 players. I think it was like 180, 190 players, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. So yeah. pretty large, especially given that we're in the COVID times. Um, you did incredibly well. They had a top eight series that you just got knocked. You, you didn't quite make it just by one place because you were in ninth yeah. spot. What was your run like? Talk to me about the current state of the game, given we've had the Rise of Dragons and Stormcast have become incre increasingly popular. We've had a lot of shooting in the meta with whether it's long strikes, uh, bow snakes, sentinels, uh, killer bows from cruel boys, whatever it might be. Lots of mm. shooting. Um, 
what did you face? What did you notice? And I guess what should I be thinking about as a Suns player as I'm building my my list? Yeah. So LVO had like an insane amount of dragons. I think like the most in any event so far, it was crazy. Uh, luckily, I didn't have to play against them. But from talking to other people, uh, I realized that like Suns actually doesn't have the worst time against specifically the dragons because they're not super killy, especially against 35 model wounds. Um, but it's the long strikes that hurt, you know, that double shooting and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of my matchups, uh, I played against Beast Claw Raiders. They had a, a bunch of the big dudes on the, the mounts. Um, unfortunately, he was a new... Uh, he kind of grouped them all together and the terrain at LVO was so huge and like the way you can position it like could block movement and stuff. So like they were all bottlenecked and they couldn't like charge at me. So mm. it kind of sucked. Um, and luckily I was because gonna of... say, cause, cause OBR, OBR, um, Beast Claw Raiders are one of the few factions I always seem to struggle with when I run Suns. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've had the same experience, maybe not at LVO because they're always got fast move than me. Mm -hmm. um, they ignore a lot of my like stuffing in the pants abilities, yeah. but also they're the ones that are usually charging me, not me charging them. So they mm -hmm. get to, I always find that they pick the fights and it's a lot harder battle for me. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, they're hungry lads and Gargans look like a good meal. So uh, they're just like <laughs> rushing towards us. Um, but yeah, terrain was definitely an advantage at LVO. Um, I didn't like, purposely try to like make it so where my opponent couldn't uh walk through stuff but his bases were just so large he was like trying to struggle in through there and he wasn't able to get charges on me and because they were all bottled necked in together i was like all right boys let's party and i just sent the whole group on into him and unfortunately it just kind of ended quickly from there um my next matchup was against fire slayers who are also playing against dragons and they just they're tough they you know they have like the feel no pain and they can stack rend and all that stuff but they just don't have the punch back so like a lot of the time they were just locked into combat with me which is fine because if they're locked into combat with me they're not running over taking objectives and if i touch an objective and then i control it i can just walk away and then be tagged in combat all day and i'll score you know hold one hold two hold more all day and he was trying to be cagey with his dragons not just rush them in there and um you know screen me out but you know it's just when you count as 20 models on a point it's really hard to contest objectives especially with that big base you can just be like i put my pinky toe on the objective and i fight you yeah. and it's just like bam 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 so it is what it is but it, it was it was it's an interesting they're a very tough army i'm very excited to see what the new codex brings out to them um after that i went against seraphon that was my first time ever playing against seraphon or oh, i'm sorry it was uh yeah seraphon uh i was like oh man i'm kind of scared they're like a very magic army i'm afraid like i only have getting into this later but i only have like one caster and i'm like they're just gonna throw dino spells at me and i don't know what they do and i'm just gonna take a bunch of mortal wounds and probably die i don't know i heard they're very good and i heard they're like was also it? very shooty was it the dino builds? Because you've got, you know, you've got the coalesced and then you've got the thunder lizard build. So you can either have like lots of stegodons and um, uh, bastillodons, or is it more like skinks and um, and croak and things? Uh, he had croak, but he also had like three of like bastillodons and stegodons. And he was also, um, I forget what uh, sub faction is, but the one that like is minus one damage across the board. Ugh, yeah. So annoying, dude. Like all my flat two weapons turn into one even my flails yeah. like turn into two damage it's just like uh so hard to kill so sloggy and while you're in combat they're just like man lightning bolt lightning bolt and it's just like uh 
Um, but part of, uh, and we'll kind of go into depth a little bit later, but the, uh, Breaker is actually interesting because uh, he garrisoned the people in like the in the temple and i was like oh i get plus one damage i can smash the temple and that actually came up because he put like key characters in there and i was just like charge into the temple i'll choose your characters and yeah you have minus one damage but i get plus one damage so it's just like wop, 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 wop. so yeah that was uh day one i was ecstatic i didn't think i would go 3-0 you know um i'm a new player to the third edition i started uh basically when the dominion box got announced like uh, i work at a game store and my boss was like i want the stormcast half do you want the cruel boys half and i was like those dudes do look cool and he's like here you go and i was like no what have you gotten me into <laughs> the first hit is always free and then uh you are now an addict welcome to Welcome to crack addiction, crack, oh, plastic yeah. crack addiction. That is, don't clip that, folks. Don't, <laughs> don't be putting that. Talk it. <laughs> I'm an ambassador for meth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're talking about cruel boys, you know, not drugs. Yeah, but yeah, he talking. he uh, he knew what he was doing, and I was like, oh, you're so smart. Yeah, you gave it to me. I painted it up, and I was just like, man, these are fun. And then I saw the gargants, and I was like, oof, I have to get into this game now. Um, so I was super excited going three and zero. You know, this is like my first largest tournament. I did go to SoCal Open, which I did. Uh, pretty well in but it wasn't the size of lvo um next i went against uh zinch on day two uh i was nervous because again a lot of these matchups are like i'm not the most well-practiced uh player um my community is not the largest i'm slowly building it up in where i live but you know not everyone has a lot of armies you know a lot of players were like me where they're like oh the dominion box that looks dope i kind of like the stormcast i'm gonna paint those up and like play thousand points 1500 points and slowly build up from there no one's like no not many people i know are like i have a zinch army and a skaven army and a dragon's army you know it's a very small community that i'm kind of building up so i was nervous i know like he does a lot of mortal wounds shenanigans you know uh he has the ability to change the once per game change a die roll so like he can make a charge just not happen uh so and also pinks you know he'll just be like throw pinks at me so i'm just like basically in my home field objective and then he's just i'm just stuck in combat and yeah i can walk over them but you know uh, a lot of people will like put models to where i can't land on top of them mm. and it's just like yeah i can step over you but i can't actually put my base on your models and crush all your nice uh toys so it's just like that is also a way of screening me and uh it was uh, it was a very interesting game. I think his screens were a little off, and that's why I was able to get into like the big chickens really early. And that's some people don't realize is that even when you're screening, uh, you can like pile around and get to their stuff, and then your flails have three inch reach. So like you basically yeah. have a six inch threat. Yeah, the the three inch reach on some of your weapons are just absolutely awesome, and it allows you to get into what you need to get into. There's you know it's very hard to screen, especially if you hit the charge. You do a couple of mortal wounds on the charge, then you pile in, and you can use that three inch uh, to get into some of more of those juicier targets, especially um, with your gatebreaker who just has usually like with those three inch attacks, you only get a couple of attacks across the board. Obviously, that's some of our biggest damage dealers, especially with the gatebreaker doing absolute carnage with the three inch attack. Yeah, definitely, and that's that's something that I think was an advantage to my um, play style was that they people would screen me out but you know you do a couple mortal wounds you pile in three inches just kind of skirt around to get to the real juicy targets and their heroes and i'm like okay i'll hit you with the flail which is the best damage and then you know i'll stomp yeah. on the little guys and stuff like that and that was definitely critical to my game plan was just being able to do pile in shenanigans and you know use the range of your weapons to your advantage 
Yeah, you've got to be really smart. And I found, yeah, you've got to be really smart and not charge into the middle of a body because, like, you mm-hmm. really want to be going into the side. You want to hit the sides. Um, if you've got, if you're running two megas, like pin, go in and pin both sides so you can restrict piling even further and the amount of damage coming back in. And then you can use the, um, the piling and the range to kind of tilt yourself around a little bit and get into even juicier targets. So, um, you've really got to be smart with your charges as opposed to just run forward. Exactly. Use, you know, if you roll a big charge, use all the mileage, you know, you know, like sure the front might be only three inches away, but if you roll like eight. 10, 11, whatever, use that full distance, you know, use it, wrap, go to the side, beat up the flanks, you know, just don't go running down the middle, uh, you know, use every inch to your advantage. And then, um, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, please continue. I, I was going to say, like, it sounds like you, so you, ha- you haven't, pl- you didn't play dragons, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I was talking to other people about my matchup in dragons. It was something I was really worried about because you know, after I fought against Inch, I'm now 4-0. And I was like, oh, I never thought I'd get this far. What do I do? Like, oh, dang, there's like a bunch of Stormcast Eternals. Like, I've never really played against them. What do I do? And I was talking to other people and they're like, you're fine against dragons. Like, yeah, they'll crash into you and they deal mortar wounds on the fire breast, but like they can't kill a 35 model wound, a uh, 35 wound model right away. And your hitback is really hard. Yeah, I would be confident if I played a full uh, dragon army, which is part of the builds right now, I think I'm relatively confident I could handle it because, yeah, they would burninate you with some mortal wounds, but it's not enough to be able to um, to, to probably pull you down. You then get into combat, and it does have some range to, I think, damage to attacks, but you would get the swing back as well. So I think I think where, where the damage really lies is when it's that combined force with the long strikes, as well as potentially Forminators, they're the ones who will really pull down your Mega Gargler turn. So that's what you got to watch out for. And funnily enough, my last game with Suns was against um, a Stormcast list with a bunch of Forminators, with a bunch of Long Strikes. And I couldn't care about the Long Strikes. They did some damage, and spoiler alert, they kind of pulled down Kragnos eventually. And I will talk about Dylan's list and my list. I'll show you the, the list that I'm taking over this weekend. It's Kragnos and, and Gatebreakers. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun doing 3D6 yeah. charge. But, uh, you know, like in that particular case, the long strikes could just do enough damage to pull down Kragnos, you know, with multiple attacks. Otherwise, uh, and then the Formidators come in and, and, and wreck phase. So they're what you got to watch out for, I think, and not the dragons. I don't... No, I, I 100% agree. I mean, uh, the Formidators, like, get flat three on the charge, and, like, they get just, they're just, like, whirlwind, like, anime protagonist amounts of attacks. They're like... And I'm like the first time I ever encountered them, I was just like, I should have focused them. I didn't know they did that. And that was just like that was the only experience I had was uh, I was playing against uh, Roz, uh, and um, he charged me with his full meters. And that was back when Amul it was a five up, and he just shredded through that gargant. And I was like, oh, these are scary. These are very scary. Yeah, they're tough. And like even like when I played this game, um, I was chucking all my rocks at them. And, mm-hmm. you know, yes, they're in three and, you know, it's really good. But, you know, when they throw down a Mystic Shield and then they use all that defense, you know, that really only becomes a, you know, a Ren minus one modifier. And um, if the if you, you can stop Mystic Shield, it's it's okay. But it's quite hard to kind of deny yourself from Forminator. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Um, they're certainly something that can pull down a Mega quite easily compared to like what everyone's talking about right now, dragons, dragons, dragons. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the dragons are just there to be dragons. You don't really care about that, but yeah, it's it's the, the stuff that the dragon brings that you definitely care about that. Um, so yeah, I, as a Suns player, I wouldn't worry too much about the dragons. Your focus is the long strikes and the fulminators, and please make sure you get the charge on the fulminators. Don't make sure the they don't charge you, because you definitely want to be the one that's charging, not the one getting charged. Um, but yeah, I was 4-0. I was freaking out. I didn't think I would be doing this well. You know, I've been playing this game for like a year, less than a year. And um, going to round five, I was playing against uh, Noah, who is, I think, like one of the best destruction players and like top ranking ITC uh, players. He's just he was... gone from the coach to he was he was the coach. I think was he the coach um, for the American team? And yeah. then he's just now been subbed into actually playing for Team America in the world. So uh, clearly knows what he's doing. I think he topped eight as yeah. well. He was in the top eight with mm -hmm. Iron Jaws. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was my round five opponent. Uh, you know, I didn't know who who he was um but you know people are telling me like oh he's really good and stuff like that also super chill dude uh which is great and um i know like a lot of people talk about this but dang the community is so freaking awesome in aos uh like everyone is so chill and like like here have a beer what's your name can i get a hug like all that stuff you know and it's just so awesome because i usually i played a uh, warhammer 40k and i kind of discovered aos and i was like there's nothing wrong with the warhammer uh community but aos is just like man everyone's just there to have a good time make friends you know and it's just it's just amazing um, but yeah, so I went against him. I went against Iron Jaws, uh, a matchup. I'm actually fairly certain. I have a buddy named Kyle who plays Iron Jaws and I know all about the angry cabbages. Uh, I know they can turn one alpha strike basically. And that's kind of what happened. You know, he got, he went first. Uh, he was like, all right, I'm going to wah. I'm going to activate destroyer, uh, mighty destroyer. You know, I'm just going to hoof it with my angry vegetables into your lines. And I was like, turn oh, one, turn one. Yeah. Turn one. And, and I did want to talk about that because I mentioned the shooting meta and I talked about a lot of the, uh, you know, the, all the shooting stuff. Right. And one of the counters to that is going to be that low drop, maybe even one drop rush into your face and stop you before you can put down all of those buffs. And Iron Jaws is one of those ones that is quite scary. You know, it's them, it's the um, Lumineth um, foxes that can get into our, our our deployment zones and pin us in and deny from scoring objectives. So, so talk to me about like what happened with the Iron Jaws. And as a Suns player, is this just an incredibly tough matchup? Is this something that you know with new insight you could do well? Did you even beat Noah? You didn't beat Noah because he has obviously mm -hmm. gone into the finals. Yep, my only loss was to him, um, and that's why I got ninth. Um, it's a tough matchup, you know, um, Suns is a DPS check army. And for people who don't know that basically, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to act like the big bully at school and, you know, uh, you have to stand up to me and some armies can't do that. And some can, and iron jaws is definitely one of them. They have the damage to take down a gargant a turn. And if you can do that, your chances of beating Suns are very good. If you can kill Omega turns one, two, three, four, you're probably going to do well in the matchup. If you can't, it goes a little more to my my side. And that's kind of the fun side of Suns is that like, hey, can you stand up to me? If you can't, I kind of knock you down. If you can't, we're going to have a scrap going on. And yeah, that that turn one alpha strike is brutal, especially like, you know, Wa gives them the extra rent and then destroyer with the flat six damage. And it's just like, OK, uh, flat six, like minus three rent. And I'm just like, I have a four up save. Leave my child alone. Yeah. 
yeah, to throw, you're going to throw down um, finest hour as soon as possible. Yeah. With those types of alpha strikes, you're going to throw down um, that plus one save. If you don't get like a, a mystic shield or any type of, you know, ability, you want to get as many pluses to save. And at least then you've got an light defense here. You've got a finest hour here and you can kind of diversify or at least improve your chances. Although the piggies are probably the thing that does more damage against me compared to the, the, the mega boss on more crusher. I mean, double cabbage obviously has the distance, but uh, I, I always find the piggies do more consistent damage, especially when they're a unit of six. Oh yeah, dude. The whole army just does damage, especially that like um, violent fury just gives them plus one damage and it's just like free. And I'm just like, Oh, and they're so mobile, yeah. Um, like Matt was saying, pinning pinning suns down turn one is huge, you know. Especially if you can kind of screen away where even with long shanks, which is an amazing ability, like people don't talk about how good long shanks is. If you can put it where like I can't step my base physically over your guys to run away or get to an objective, I'm just stuck. And again, like they're they're the army that could out damage a gargant and very easily kill one a turn and it's just like it's just a nightmare to be stuck in turn one with that you had one more game uh no that was that was that that was the last game yeah that was five games um but yeah so basically he turned one alpha meat uh he was running the double maw crushers and pigs and of course the war chanters and all that stuff uh but he crashes into my lines and what i was trying to do was kind of deploy in like a triangle style because that way you know if he tags one gargant he's gonna easily murk it before i get a chance to do anything but if i can get two of his homies to help him out maybe i'll be able to fight back and that is that that's a brilliant strategy i find is you know something and that's again goes back to the tag team methodology right mm -hmm. is if um if they charge you beast call raiders or um or your more crushers charge you you want to be able to best position that you could have two of your models so you can bring the other friend in to defend hopefully bring that model down and then you move forward and do your thing because again one mega won't do it alone um, so good advice as well from Matt, who is in the Canadian ETC team or the world's team as well. So he clearly knows what he's doing. I know he plays a lot on the seasons of war channel as well. If you want to see this type of thing in action, but okay. So you've had, you've had your LVO and I guess I want to know now reflectively, what did you learn first off, you know, from the state of the meta and we'll bring up the rules soon and we'll bring up your list then soon as well to kind of see what you ran maybe even see why you ran it and then also has it changed but where do you think suns is currently you know in in the current state of the game and did you learn anything that maybe has got you thinking about a, li a list tweak yeah definitely um well first thing first is that lvo was a blast and i think anyone who's kind of nervous about going to a major tournament like that should absolutely 100 percent go look i'm i'm a newer player I haven't had a lot of experiences. Like my experience was like playtesting with my buddy Kyle or playing like local RTTs at the, the store that uh, I go to and SoCal Open and that's it. And I went into LVO and I was like, okay, if I do two, three, be static, happy. And you know what? I had a blast and yeah, I even did well, but don't be scared. Everyone is super chill. Everyone's looking to have a good time. And I highly recommend anyone that is going to go to a tournament, just jump into it. It is so much fun. Set your expectations. Good call out, Dylan. You didn't yeah. explicitly call it out. But, you know, especially at your first tournament, if you don't have a lot of experience, go in there with the intention of having five good games, having five interesting uh, matchups and meet five new people. You know, that's really your goal. 
If you can win more than you lose, happy days. If you've obviously practiced, and as you've said, you've gone to SoCal, you've done some RTTs at your local uh, game store and things like that, then certainly, you know, you, you probably have a better expectation with your, you know, what, what you can expect. But just go there. And for most people, it's just like, like literally what I'm doing this weekend, I'm just going to go roll dice. I'm running yep. Kragnos. I'm running Mega Gargans. I have no intention of winning it. I just want to run forward, smash things, have some chats, have some laughs, take some photos. Yep. That's my goal. It's a 40-player event, and that's okay. You don't have to go 5-0. and Yeah, exactly. And it's just so much fun. And also, everyone wants to have good games. No one wants to play Gotcha Hammer, where it's like, ah, you've activated my trap card. Um, every And you know what? I even like would help my opponents out, you know, and be like, hey, you know, do you want to do this? Be careful of this ability, stuff like that, because I want to win on skill and dice, not being like, oh, I'm stomping noobs or, aha, you didn't position this way correctly, so now I got you, you know? Um, one one other clad as well, and uh, just why I really enjoy taking Gargants to events is because you have almost no hero phase. You do like mm -hmm. a heroic action. You might cast a spell if you've taken Arcane Tome, but otherwise, like I have no hero phase. My deployment is so, so um, quick that actually it allows me to have more time with my opponent. I talk a lot. I'll, I'll shit talk. And the great yep. thing is because I'm eating up time, it's just my time that I don't even need. I have no shooting phase. Like my shooting phase is like three seconds. My hero yeah. phase is three seconds. It's really just charge, combat, heal. Like it's not really a lot we do. <laughs> like, yeah. We do a lot. And you're like heroic action, uh, CP, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. turn a dial, move forward. So, like, w w is your list, you know what? Let's just bring up the rules. Like, we're dancing around this. I'm going to bring up the rules and just go right. When you look at Suns, and you, so first off, we have on the left column, we have uh, the Suns abilities, which is make uh, mightier as rightier, and we've got Chuck Rocks. Then, uh, a little bit of a spoiler here is that Dylan and I, are both running the Breaker tribe. So of the three tribes, you've got Breaker, Taker, and Stomper. You've We're both running Breaker tribes. So I'll get your perspective on why you've gone Breaker over Stomper or Taker. And we'll talk through some of the rules and why we why we think they're important or how we think about them. But um, first things first, you've got Mightier is Rightier, which is going to mean that our Megas count as more. So our Man Crushers count as 10, although that should be changed because uh, Monsters now count as 5. That um, our man crushes count as 10 and our uh, our megas count as 20. Um, there is a way to boost that through the taker tribe, mm -hmm. um, and that would make our small boys 15 and our big boys 30. What does this rule mean to you, and, and how do you play and build around it? Uh, it is fantastic. Uh, the fact that a sons can just be like, all right, toenail in. I count as more models than you on an objective is huge. It is one of the strongest rules uh, for Suns for sure, especially because we're in Gur. And if you're doing like um, an object uh, secondary that has to do with like taking over objectives where you get a bonus point for being a monster, Suns always get that. That's like the also the secret hidden rules that they're all monsters in battle line. It's just, yeah, Mightier Makes right here is so good. And like I talked about earlier against my Fire Slayer matchup, I could just be toe in onto an objective and still be fighting. And I still hold that objective just because I count as an obscene amount of models, especially now it's more of a kind of a, an elite heavy meta yeah. we're going into where, you know, you're not going against like a hundred clan rats or something like that. 
it is very difficult to take you off an objective unless they kill you. So I learned a really valuable lesson here, and that also was that the toe on the objective isn't always the right strategy. Mm-hmm. And the lesson that I learned, I remember I played, I think I talked about this on the channel a year or two ago. I played a night a night haunt list in second edition, towards the end of second edition. And I put a toe on the objective, and uh, um, this night haunt player ended up putting on 40 bodies onto the objective, you know, 25 mil base. It was like 120 chain rasps I think I played against. It was like three or four units of 30 or 40. Like it was just ridiculous. Obviously you can only now do 30 on, um, but because they're 25 mil bases, if you just put a toe on the objective and you are playing someone with a horde, they can actually get more than 20 models on the objective. So, so in that particular case, the toe on the objective isn't the right play. It's actually to sit smack bang on the middle Right. to deny anyone getting around. And if they do get around, it's probably closer to 10 to 15 and you still have the ability to retain the objective. Yeah, definitely. Luckily, right now, we're not. there's not really a horde meta right now. It's very like elite, big guys. You say you that, know? but Nighthaunt's coming. Nighthaunt you is coming. You say that, is Nighthaunt yeah. is coming. That is true. Um, but no, it, you know, what you're saying is still valid though. Like, yes, currently we are not in there, but you know, you know, there are going to be Suns players who are going to join in the future or even current bosses of the stomp who are like, okay, how do I prep for the upcoming potential horde meta? That is a very good point. You know, stand in the, stand in the middle or even bring two guardians. That way you have 40 wounds on an objective, you know, or 40 models on an objective. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, cool, cool. So, you know, obviously, first off, all our megas. What is always great as well is um, if you are running man crushes, like a unit of three man crushes, that's 30 models on an objective without going into the break, the taker tribe, because then it would be um, a unit of 45, which is just ridiculous. No one, I think, and part of the reason why I'm not using taker tribe is I think at the moment it's overkill. I yes. don't find myself very rarely, if any time, needing 30 bodies on an objective. Um, and I certainly, I mean, it's nice if I was running man crushes because then they're counting as 15. But I just don't, I think right now, Taker doesn't do enough damage and it's a bit of an overkill for what I need. Yeah, and uh, that kind of segues into like why Breaker, you know? And I agree, 100% agree. Taker is definitely overkill especially because um you have to have a kraken eater to be the general and he just does he doesn't have the damages like a gate breaker and uh yeah it's totally overkill like i said what we are currently 20 models on an objective is more than enough to take it from like 99 of armies and that's why like taker is not that interesting it's just kind of overkill what about what about, before we get into the actual breaker rules because we both agree that breaker is our strongest faction right now um mm-hmm. What about Stomper Tribe, the the War Stomper Tribe? Now, I have personal bias against it because I really dislike the War Stomper. Um, I have less hatred now that it's a battle line option for me and I can put it into a battalion, but but it it pains me. I actually had to buy my War Stomper for the first time the other week. (laughs) Yeah, um, I know, I know. The Discord loves their Stomper tribe. I hear them talk about it all the time in the Sons of Amit chat. I'm just not a fan. Like, and I, I'm sorry, guys, but I feel Breaker is just so. Like, yes, you do get cool artifacts, and yes, they are very good. But if your Sons want damage, and Breaker tribe is the damage tribe. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think for me, like if you're going to build around Stomper Tribe, you're really building around the man crushers. And yeah. one, I just don't like the monopose man crusher. Two, I don't like babying because they, they need babying. They don't have an elite champion in there, so they need someone to be issuing commands to them. Yep. Um, you, I think Stomper doesn't even have the generic commands, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, they have like their own unique ones. Yeah, they can't use all that attack or like defense. They've got their own unique ones. So I, I just don't like running around babies, and I just find I'm babysitting them too often, which is, again, why I like either a take a tribe or break a tribe. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, my sons have full-time jobs. They just can't be tied down with babies and kids, you know. They got to go out, do the Lucha Libre thing, and, you know, can't be tied down right now. All right, let's talk. Yeah, man, we're going to go on a weird tangent. I'm going to keep this under, <laughs> under control because we're going to talk wrestling and we're going to talk all the good stuff that I'm addicted to. But we, we both landed on Breaker Tribe, and mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons is the consistency of damage. Like when you look at the, um, the Gate Breaker, mm -hmm. it's really good. As a standard profile, the Gate Breaker is strong, but right. it's swingy. It's mm -hmm. swingy as all hell because I think from memory, some of its attacks are hitting on fours or threes. Like it's like it does really big damage. It has other than the flail attack, it does like one or two attacks here and there. If they hit, they hit like a truck. But if you don't hit, you've lost the power of your gatebreaker. So yeah. really getting the consistency with pluses uh, is critical. Definitely, 100%. Yeah, the, the flails hit on fours and wound on threes, so it's very swingy. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's the and that's what's going to do the damage, right? Because the stomp and the grip um, do, do some good damage, but they're D3 and the D6, so there's no yeah. way you can expect what it's going to do. And in most cases, for me, the death grip either fails or I roll a one for damage. So I always find the death grip is a nice to have, but it's ultimately about getting that flail attack, as many flail attacks as possible. If I do flaming weapon, I'm putting it on the flail attack. Yep. If there's, you know, vial of the manticore or any type of way to boost up any version of the attack, it is always the flail. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, I can tell you how many times where it's like, all right, hit, I hit, all right, death grip on a two, I roll a one. Or it's like, all right, I, I, I wound, damage, one, two. And I'm like, Yes, this is what I wanted. <laughs> I will uh, say that before we kind of skip into this, like making a mistake, the boulder attack from the gatebreaker is amazing. If it hits, it hits on a three wounds on a two, but obviously you can bring that down to twos and twos. Ren three, four damage. It will just delete things. It's it's a really swingy thing. It's like a range, what, 12, 18? 18, um, if they're on wounded. 18. Yeah, like it can do some crazy amount of damage if it hits. And the great thing is the profile doesn't degrade other than the uh, the range but by then like by, by the time you're taking damage you're in the middle you're chucking things you don't need to be throwing 18 inches yeah and you know what uh, i want to talk about the rock really quick um because i hope everyone can smell what's cooking um <laughs> is that um the boulder is surprisingly really good like a lot of people don't expect it to be minus three rend and they're like okay i guess i take it because i can't save and i'm like flat four damage and they're like i'm sorry what flat four and you yeah. can just chuck it at characters especially if you have two gate breakers and it will just snipe them off a board and it's it's yeah. the rock is so strong a lot of people need to be aware of it that it's minus three flat four damage yeah, if, if it hits and wounds, like, and this is the sequence, right? Like, um, very rarely will I apply a, um, 
and all that attack on the the rock throw unless i've got like a look at sir and i really need to kill you know because it's so swingy even though it's a three and two you got one shot so do i want to spend a cp on one attack well it depends on how desperate i really yeah, yeah if you really but need yeah, a if character. It, hits, it hurts it hurts a lot it can degrade a monster really quickly um it can snipe a hero especially yeah. like what i'll often do is um I because I've got a man crusher in my unit uh, in, my, in my army you know you can you can chuck the boulder and you know if it's only got like one or two left you can then go in and throw with the man crusher and throw its boulder as well that once per per shooting phase boulder because yeah. only one unit can shoot which is bizarre but uh you know you chuck them and uh it could be that one or two extra damage that's enough to to pull it down 100% and also another thing too is that you can shoot at screens because it's flat four it will just chunk away a whole bunch of screens and now you can charge into the good stuff by the way we will talk about craggy as well so craggy is in my list Kragnos, and you know if anyone's been following the tournament scene we've seen um squigs do really well with um Kragnos and squigs we've mm -hmm. seen bone splitters and big wah and we've seen a lot of you know these these factions that aren't doing very well with Kragnos in and I'll be playing with it this weekend. And I think it's going to be an interesting mix because it plays really well to the gate breakers and getting mm -hmm. them some really nice abilities, but you also lose a lot because when I look at Dylan's list and my list, I think at a tournament Dylan's list is stronger because he's got more bodies. He has more wounds and more control on the board. Kragnos when he dies, it's one third of your army. Yeah, definitely agree. And you know, before LVO, I was actually thinking about bringing Kragnos, and there was a couple problems that I had with him. One is that his base is so big, it's easy to kind of block him out with terrain and models because he doesn't have long shanks, so he can't step over terrain and stuff. Um, so it's very easy to get that big booty blocked by a building, and then you're just like, oh, he can't really move, or I have to do like janky charges where I have to like bring it around town in order to get to the good stuff. And then also uh, a six of ward isn't that great. It's not, it doesn't, no. I mean, it adds survivability, but it doesn't add a lot. And, you know, a lot of people will just roar Kragnos. So he, uh, and then hit him with decent amount of rend and he's only 18 wounds. So like, you know, you roar at him, he's on a two up, you hit him with a minus three and now you're on five ups and he'll just eventually melt away. So I, I struggled. I played uh, this Stormcaster so I was talking about uh, last week and mm -hmm. um, they had the long strikes and they've also got a once per battle shoot in the hero phase. And they do two mortal wounds on a six, right? So, yeah. you know, if if they do battle regiment to be one drop, they are going to get two shots essentially before I have a turn. And that means that they can seriously degrade, if not kill, something like Kragnos if the dice are favorable. And then you've lost one third of your points, which is then not enough. And I realize, and that's why I say to you that your list is superior to mine because I don't have that. I have a, a linchpin. If you pull out the linchpin, I, I lose a lot of my force. You, I lose a gatebreaker. Cool, no problems. I've still got a gatebreaker. I've still got two war stompers, and you've also got a lot of matchups. Good question from King Clamo. Um, what do I? What What do we think our toughest matchups are with Sob? Um, definitely uh, stuff that shoots very well that can just pump in a bunch of shots before you can get in there. Uh, thankfully, Unleash Hell has been changed to where it's not as bad. But back in the old unleash shell it was awful to charge shooting armies and in any army uh any army that can pass a dps check is also very hard you know something like a, an iron jaws or any other army that just 
has a high amount of damage with a high amount of rend because we're only on a four up save and we don't have a lot of wave to save stack unless you are for sure taking an arcane tome for mystic shield other than that it's like best day ever and all out defense and sometimes you get roared and then you can't all out defense and you're just like yeah. Ooh. Well, that's actually another reason why I like to go Breaker Tribe instead of the others, because Roaring, which denies us to use all-out attack or all-out defense in the combat phase, um, can really, again, neuter. We don't have a lot of CP, right? We don't have a lot of natural command abilities to apply. Mm -hmm. So if we lose all-out attack or all-out defense, it could really hurt us, because then that four-up armor save could easily go down to a six or no. Um, so to answer King Clamo's question... Um, I mentioned it earlier in the stream. I think Beast Claw Raiders, that specific, you know, Frost Lord on Stonehorn and those types of builds, uh, and obviously um, uh, Piggies, the, um, the the Iron Jaws, are certainly against us because they they play to our weaknesses. We want to charge, they want to charge, and they charge better. Um, mm -hmm. All the abilities that we have where it might be um, their armor save or potentially... Um, the amount of wounds, like if we want to do like stuff in the bag or any of those types of rules, they often have more than three wounds. So we, we don't get to tap into that. Um, so depending on what the, the type of build is, I think anything that can do what we do, but better. Um, I'm really like, if I'm against Beast Claw Raiders, the only thing I've got is a better Mightier is Rydia. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Basically, the the idea comes to can they keep us at a range from doing what we want to do? And like the way Beast Call Raiders and Iron Jaws do it is like they keep us out of range by locking us into one place, so we can't go out and control objectives and charge them. And the way shooting armies hurt us is that they physically keep us out of range because they're just like I'm gonna shoot. You know, long um, sentinels are shooting behind all the board edge, and they're just like I don't need line of sight. La 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 la. So like, yeah. I don't care about Sentinels, though. Like, they, they do chip damage. They're going to take out minor heroes and small wounds. It's, it's more of like the double shooting bow snakes and the long yep. strikes. That would annoy me or the uh, the man skewer bows or the killer bows from the – or even like Iron Drakes from Cities of Sigma. They're the models that worry me more than Sentinels because, you know, they're going for like fishing for mortal wounds on a five or a six, but they're not doing the output um, that will pull down a mega. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I was just thinking of Sentinels because that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, no, you're you're agree. Anything that just shoots really good, just hurts. And yeah, so basically, anyone that can prevent us from doing our game plan, which is bully the board and kind of take objectives and take names, uh, if you can lock us down or just keep a distance and just really put on the hurt, is a very tough matchup because. We don't really have screens. Uh, I'm for one playing four big models, and it's just like cool i can screen my gargant with a gargant hold that thought hold that thought we'll, we'll go into your list in a second i just want to quickly talk about the fierce loathing table yeah, um, yeah. and i know you and i both have a different opinion on this one um because you've gone with bossy pants and clever clog clog yeah blah, blah, yeah blah. um <laughs> of of the fierce loathings what do you like and i guess more importantly why do you like it yeah, so I went with uh, Bossy Pants, uh, which you guys can see is plus one to hit against uh, Wizards and Heroes. Or as I say, I hate nerds and anybody who associates with nerds. <laughs> Whoa, you just, you just like, made everybody like dislike this video. Thanks for that. I know, right? Hey, uh, <laughs> my sons are very learned people. They're like, you read too good? Uh, give me your lunch money, you know? Um, and the reason why I chose it is because uh, when I went to LVO, uh, I was still in the mindset of it's a very like hero hammy, uh, hero hammy, <laughs> hero hammer kind of meta. And I was like, plus one to hit. Um, 
against heroes and wizards like there's so many people that matter and what's crazy about plus one hit is that it works in the shooting phase it works on the flails and it's just huge and it, it came up a bunch where you're like you know you're throwing your rocks on twos and twos and you're hitting your flails on threes and uh potentially even better than threes to wound and i i really like it i think heroes and and uh, spellcasters are always going to be good so I, that's why i kind of gravitated towards it but i definitely see uh idiots with flags especially because now it's kind of winding down in the hue all hero hammer kind of monster minute and coming more with like elite good choices and you know with stormcast eternals and inf deep kim coming out soon so that's why i've gone shiny ends i've yeah. gone shiny ends as my primary to get that plus one to hit against i'm gonna say one two three or four um now obviously that doesn't help if it's a hero or a monster so that's not going to help me a lot against like the dragon list for example but i don't want to build against dragons what i'm more worried about is those things like fulminators things like those chaff screens like blood knights and and those types of armies where i can't rely on rend alone because um in the safe stacking meta getting um blood knights to a two up armor save or getting fulminators down to a two or a one my rend really only get me so far. So getting a plus one for the troops, and then I have gone to give bossy pants on my general. So I've gone with the extra command trait to um, get a second fierce loathing. Mm -hmm. I thought my general will be more of a uh, monster and hero hunter as opposed to the whole army. But I think there's pros and cons you can kind of watch out either way. And King Clamo, um, when, I, when I'm building it, look, let's be honest, mate when we talk about list building we have like five units yeah like there's not a lot of options to choose from and unfortunately some of those things you've got to remember is you've just got to lean into what you've already got um like when we look at our lists right you know one of the if, if this is any other army any other army and iron jaws and beast claw raiders are going hulkamania on the, the tabletops we don't have we don't have screens I don't have a bunch of cheap bodies to throw on to screen. Uh, I don't have any teleport shenanigans. I don't have any strong wizards. I don't have any natural unbinds. Like, the, like I remember Vince Venturella doing a video talking like a laundry list of things we don't do. <laughs> and it's like, do we worry about that? No. Just do our thing and do it well. Yep. Um, yes, we can now get Arcane Tome to get an unbind. But I, I'm trying not to worry about what we don't have. Just lean in and, and do what you you do really well. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, there's no point in worrying what you don't got. Focus on what you do got, you know? So here's your list. This is what you took to the LVO. And mm -hmm. um, this is obviously went four and one, uh, ninth place. And I'd be curious after this, you'll, um, you'll explain to me, has this list changed or have you learned anything? Is there any artifacts or even tweaks you'd make? But... You've gone with the bossy pants, clever clogs in the uh, the Breaker Tribe. You've gone Beastmaster, and to be honest with you, the grand strategy doesn't mean anything. No, you could it... go. You could go hold the line. You could go. Um, you could go the hero one. You could go like any of them. Yeah, it... pick which sounds coolest to you. Uh, you got inspired as well. So I'm on two K. You're at nineteen ninety. So the tr inspired is probably the best of the three for us. Yeah. Um, then you've gone double gatebreaker, double war stomper. So you've got your two artifacts. See, so by the way, before we jump into that, you've gone two battalions. So you've gone for the extra battalions. Now, the interesting thing, and I'll get your uh, opinion, you know, as we discuss, is bosses of the stomp 
can either be an extra enhancement mm-hmm. or it can be reduced drops. So I'll get your opinion on why you haven't gone to the race of the bottom soon. But you've got a gate breaker, which is the general. You've got monstrously tough for the extra five wounds, and mm-hmm. you've gone vile of the manticore. Then you've gone with the extra artifact of enchanted portulus. Porti- porti- <laughs> uh, you've then got a war stomper with the arcane tome and flaming weapon, and then you've got a poor little war stomper with no artifact. So, talk to me through this crazy list tech because you've gotten so many uni- units to choose from. I don't know how you distilled it down into four choices. Uh, honestly, I just kind of threw a dart at a dartboard and I was like, huh, it landed on Gatebreaker twice and War Stomper twice? Who would have known? Um, no, but uh, Gatebreakers are definitely the damage dealers. They're the ones that if if I could afford to play four Gatebreakers, I would play four Gatebreakers, but I don't have the points and I don't think you can play four of the same model. But uh, they they do a lot of damage. They are definitely the Lichpin. Uh, the War Stompers are they're the second best damage dealers out of all three. They are the second best. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, surprisingly, the Villanil's vanilla war stomper is really important to the list because he's the one that I use to screen. So he dies first. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly challenge you on that. Actually, I want to rewind it. I thought I thought I'd let it through to the goalie, but I'm going to pull it back. Mm-hmm. I think the war stomper is the third best damage dealer. Really? I think the man crusher is the second best dealer damage dealer so if you if for the same points so i'm not, not talking one baby we're, we're gonna go pound for pound get yourself three babies that gets you three headbutts that gives you 30 club attacks and it gives you three kicks as well as three stuffing in the pants so i think over and then three obviously uh, mortal wounds on the charge so I would debate and say, because the War Stomper, and, and this is my challenge with the War Stomper, the War Stomper is good in a Horde meta. Yeah. When you're not in a Horde meta and people are playing Elite, that club attack, you don't get nearly as many attacks and you're relying on the first two profiles, which aren't enough. That's my debate with the War Stomper. And if we ever go back into a Horde meta, I think I will give War Stomper credit. But I would much rather a, a, a one unit of babies, three three man crushes, to get um, three headbutts that are Ren 3, 4 damage. You get three kick attacks, which are Ren 2 for D3 damage apiece. And then 30 club attacks, which would be damage 1. But they're pretty consistent. Hit on 3s, wound on 3s. But you can bring that down with the plus 1. So I think for me, that's yes, there are a bit of babying, but the man crusher is probably my second favorite damage dealer. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Uh, I never really thought about that way because, you know, uh, in this list, I'm playing no babies. So, like, in terms of megas, I think War Stomper mm. is a lot better than the Kraken Eaters. Sure, I, w- I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, and uh, that, but it is an interesting conversation to have, like, you know, are, are babies worth it, kind of? And right now, I, I think going for megas is the way to go. Or, you know, like a Kragnos mega and, like, one baby kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, I, I think the double uh, bosses of the Stomp is good. If you went what I just said, you'd only be able to take one of those battalions, so you'd you'd lose one artifact. Um, so I guess it's the pros and cons on what do you get versus what do you lose. But one thing I do like is that the uh, man crushes, even in a breaker tribe list, would get to benefit from the allegiance abilities because it is breaker 
and it is um, War Stomp, uh, um, Man Crushers. Yeah, exactly. And what's really cool about, because uh, I know the War Stompers don't get the Allegiance ability, um, you can like tag them up with a Gatebreaker because now you can like roar the unit that you want to fight and then Titanic duel with the War Stomper. So it's yeah. kind of like, in a way, you're getting the best of both worlds. But yeah, it, it, the babies do get the uh, the abilities, which is nice. Yeah. So what, what drove you to this particular build? So obviously, uh, unfortunately, the points don't add up that you can't take a Kraken Eater. Um, so I guess a couple of questions is why would you go two Gatebreakers and maybe not go a Kraken Eater as well? Because um, I know, obviously, I've heard why you've gone four Megas. Why not have a Kraken Eater instead of a second Gatebreaker? Um, but also, like, why would you go Flaming Weapon? You know, we're not very good magic casters. Why wouldn't you go for, like, Amulet of Destiny or some other type of artifact? And and how do the, the artifact and, and command trek combination work? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think Gargants really want to lean into damage. They don't want, like, yes, I have a Portcullis to kind of make it pseudo-tanky, but you can't really rely on six-ups. And... Um, you really want to pump on the damage. So that's why I took, you know, the Vile Manticore Venom to make the Flails wound on two. So you put it on the Flails. Uh, yes, the Arcane Tome is, you know, you only get one cast and there are people like Teclis and, you know, the big chickens that um, can, you know, deny it. But, you know, whatever. There, I can count plenty of times where they weren't able to deny it and I get a Mystic Shield off, which is huge because, again, we can't mm. really save stack. Also, Flaming Weapon on the club turns it into flat three damage, which actually makes it a lot interesting. Yeah, um, again, like you get four base if he's unwounded, and then you get an extra four against heroes and monsters, right? So yeah, it's eight attacks, and it's decent rend, and if it's flat three damage, that will definitely hurt. Um, so I kind of went with the artifacts to kind of bump up the damage you know you really want to focus on hurting your opponent and with breaker tribe i feel that is also sort of leans into the play style of getting your plus ones to either you know heroes wizards or units with a good armor save or what have or have you back when amulet was a five up i could definitely see the argument of take a little more tanky suns you know a five up ward is good but now that amulet's a six up it's not really worth it in my opinion and uh, i rather focus on what suns do bets which is up the damage profile which is funnily enough, a discussion that we were having last night before we went into the stream is um, I've been toying between uh, monstrously tough and getting a different command trait. And I went obviously with getting um, extremely bitter and mm -hmm. I'll bring up my list soon. And, you know, I got myself a second, um, a second, what's it called? Stupid, uh, fierce loathing. Yeah. And, and the reason for it is I thought, right, do I want five extra wounds or do I want to get a plus on something I'm good at? And I think that's kind of where, when I show you the, my, my crag, craggy build, it's not as defensive as it could be. And I think in the current meta, you got to think about, you know, do I A, just do what I do really well, or B, do I try to think about and counter? And I think, you know, there's some pros and cons on either side. And the one thing that you learn when you play tournaments is you can't pick the matchup. There's yeah. been times where I have played all of the top meta lists. There's been times where I've dodged a bunch of them. There's been times where I've run, I've, I've played three of the exact same army, Petrifix Elite, in a five-game tournament. Sometimes it just happens, and you've got to be versatile enough not to just purely build against the meta because you might come up against that um, Gloom Spike Gits list, and you're like, what the F do they do, and how do I handle that because they have five or six up saves, so I lost that benefit. You know, they have this and they have that, they have that.
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was saying earlier, like, I didn't play against Stormgrass Dragons, and that was, like, the most represented list or one of the biggest ones. So it's just, like, you just got to tailor to, you know, an open field. And um, that I chose Monstrously Tough because um, I like the five extra wounds on the Gatebreaker that just massively deals damage because you put the Vile of Anticore Venom on the Flail, so now you're wounding on twos. If you're fighting against heroes or whatever Fierce Loathing you choose, you get that plus one to hit, so now your Flails are on threes. So three, two Flails on a 40-wound monster will just demolish people. Uh, after having access to the, the IDK Battle Tome and the Fire Slayer Battle Tomes, which are, there'll be a review coming up in the next 24, 48 hours. Oh, um, I'm I think, excited you know, to like, Well, it's coming soon, but I think, you know, IDK are going to be an interesting counter to the meta in regards to the ability to, like, control shooting. And what you saw at LVO was dragons often fighting against dragons, and they mm -hmm. kind of knocked themselves out. They, yep. were, they were they were stopping themselves rising because there were so many of them they were blocking them and i wonder what these what eel lists are going to do especially um when against again these long strikes that are terrorizing the board and some of the other armies that are relying on a lot of shooting so we'll see how the kind of meta kind of shit settles for that um yeah. but i was going to ask you something i can't remember what i was going to ask you something something clearly important oh your artifact choices you obviously had yep. the vile of the manticore and you had the enchanted port <laughs> Poor Glossia. It's too early for me to do weird pronunciation. I'm still like <laughs> enchanted thongs. Yeah. What, why those artifacts over others? Um, so Venom is just because it it like we said, uh Breaker really wants to lean into their damage, and uh Venom is a really good generic artifact that makes the flails a, a little more consistent, right? We were talking about how swingy they are because they're normally fours threes. And now, you know, depending on what you fight, you could be on threes threes. Uh if or you know, if you choose a different uh fierce loathing and it doesn't quite match the profile, you can do an all-out attack to make it threes. And then the Venom makes the Flails twos, and that is huge. Mm. And the Flail is the best attack from the Gatebreaker, and it really put picks up the heavy lifting, and you want that to be as consistent as possible. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's one of the reasons why, um, and people forget this command ability. It's, it's something that people continue to forget about, and that is the ability to, to, to fight at the top of the bracket huge uh and and often often there'll be times where i won't use all that attack on my megas i would rather use that uh is it prey predator and prey or i can't remember what exactly the uh, name feral roar feral roar there you go predator and prey is the uh the plus one vp i think it is but the feral roar allows you to fight at the top of the brackets because mm -hmm. then if i'm like half degraded i've got seven flail attacks where at full profile i'm doing 10 attacks and yep. at rend three for three damage, um, you want as many of those. And if there's like exploding sixes, I know, I think in second edition, there was like exploding six artifact and there's a whole bunch of other things. Oh no, it's the wrecker. Oh no, no, no. The great wrecker is um, an additional mortal wound. So uh, no, not that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's getting the flails as consistent as possible. And uh, yeah, exactly. The, the top profile uh, GUR generic command ability is huge, especially like if you have a Gargant uh, who's on like almost to death and he has like no flail attacks, you just, I think because at the lowest bracket, he gets five. Uh, and if you top profile yeah. him, you've now literally doubled your attacks, which is huge. I will say one of the artifacts that I think is a sleeper is the King's the king slaughter call 
Cal. Cal, Cal yeah. Um, yeah, which does the reroll ones to wound uh, that target a hero. And if it targets the general, you get to reroll all wounds. So um, I really like that. Um, I think it's worth it. Obviously, it's focused on heroes. So at the moment, it works really well. But outside of that, maybe that kind of works better in my list where I've gone shinians for the for more of the troops. And then mm-hmm. when I go into heroes, but um, actually, you know what? Let's just show off my list. Let's actually go up to my list. Let's see what that looks like. So I told you this weekend, I am going out to a 40-player tournament. Let's see how it goes after all this flooding that's happened for the last two weeks in my in my community. Maybe it'll make like seven people swim to the tournament in the end. But um, I will be running Craggy. Um, I'll be running Craggy and um, Kragnos, the end of Empires, and I've got Double Gatebreaker along with a Man Crusher and Emerald Life Swarm. So um, I have... Where's that reinforced unit come from? That's wrong. I don't know where that's come from. I haven't reinforced anything here. <laughs> anyway, so... It's a weird edit. Double Kragnos, let's go. Double, I've reinforced Craggy. There's, I, I need two, two of them. But this, this one really leans into um, what we've talked about already, and... I've got less bodies. You'll notice the difference between Dylan's list and my list is Dylan has 40 more wounds than I do. So he has way more wounds than me. We're still four drops. Um, And by the way, we've got to loop back. You didn't explain to me why you went double artifact as opposed to going, went to two drops. Right. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're really hurting yourself if you don't take the artifacts like yeah two drops is nice but it's nowhere near losing the artifacts and uh like i said the the arcane tome comes really clutch again for casting flaming weapon or mystic shield comes in clutch all the time porculus is a good just a generic artifact to give a little bit of tankiness and i rather have the artifacts than just being a two drop because a lot of times people will still be one drops and still out drop you and it's just like i rather have the artifacts than maybe potentially choosing to see who goes first uh good question from carlos in the chat um and he's asked uh, what do we do about got trek and the Oof. easy answer is you avoid Gotrek. You run from him. He's you, a scary man. <laughs> you throw rocks at him if you really want to kind of take him down. But ultimately, you create a bubble where he just can't get to you. because And you, you use a command point to redeploy. You do everything in your power to avoid him because you don't have the damage potential. Outside, if you had three man crushes, if I had three man crushes and I went in with the charge, and had those 30 attacks, I think it's possible. But if I had four, if I had four megas, there is no way in hell I am going into engage uh, uh, Gotrek because he'll just kill him. Yeah, definitely. He hurts a lot. Luckily, he's slow and you have big stomping feet, so you can run the other way where he's going. Uh, yeah, you just don't tangle with him. But the good thing is, though, kill everything else around yeah. him. And you'll win the game where he's just one model. He can't hold points. Well, you just kind of shift the way the other side. You're like three times his speed, kill everything else around him and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Really don't engage craggy, uh, craggy, um, got Trek. Anyway, the list, the list that I've got, right. So I've gone in a very similar build. I've gone double gate breaker for that damage potential and really mm-hmm. doing a whole bunch of damage. We both have the vial of the manticore. I explain a little bit why I've gone the fierce loathing of shinians because I want the pluses to that one, two, three, or four armor save as long as it's not a hero or a monster. Mm-hmm. Because I think 
the damage on a, a Mega Gargan is is enough to be able to handle um, monsters. And I can pull out Titanic Jewel. I can pull out, you know, Finest Hour. Those types of things, I don't quite need it compared to, but I think, you know, pros and cons either way. Um, and for my general who is going to be more of the hero um, killer, I've gone on and given the plus one to hit against monsters and um, and, and and heroes, heroes and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I've I've been forced to take the man crusher because I've got no points left to bring in any other model, and I do need that third battle uh, battle battlefield role kind of filled battle mm-hmm. line. Um, and I've and, and I was tossing up between do I a bring in an endless spell or b take the triumph, and I think ultimately I'm better off with something like the emerald life swarm because. The um, I've got flaming weapon, so I've put flaming weapon on the mega gargant. But more importantly, it can also summon the emerald life swarm that can heal. And I think this is one way I can get around the heroic um, action of of healing that mm. was changed in the winter FAQ that I can't do it when I'm in combat. So I've now got the emerald life swarm to heal up while I'm in combat. And if somebody does target Craggy, I can um, I can heal Craggy and uh, in the first turn that the Emerald Life Swarm is uh, is summoned, uh, I can double tap. So I can get two heals out of it. So if someone does like the Long Strikes, for example, I played against, they put 12 wounds in the first turn onto, onto Craggy. I was able to heal up like five or six of them pretty quickly between the Emerald Life Swarm. I could do a heroic action because obviously I wasn't engaged in combat at the time. So um, yeah, there's a potential of up to nine nine wounds healed if I do that combination of the double tap plus a heroic action. And I don't need the CP because I don't have a lot of CP to spend. And I don't mm-hmm. really need to, to, I don't need to re-roll the charge in most cases because, um, because Kragnos allows my models to do a 3d6 charge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's massive. Uh, I was, I was just uh, agreeing that like uh, losing the ability to heal in combat, because a lot of the time suns will kind of get in the thick of it having a heal that goes off all the time unless it's dispelled is just huge especially because kragnos you know has less wounds than a gargant so he really does kind of want to heal up especially if you're against an army that just does straight mortal wounds because you can't his two up armor basically just becomes a six up at that point and you're like Ugh. Yeah. so yeah you definitely want the life storm to kind of tag around the the goat boy for sure Long strikes with their holy command that was that shooting in the hero phase once per game. I, I had 12 ward saves. I saved none of them. Not a single six came up. So I was like, yep. right, it's one of those games. Um, but I was able to keep Kragnos until the end of turn three. He went through four rounds of shooting against long strikes. Wow. Um, plus Bastion was calling down some damage to him. It took four turns to take down Craggy because the Emerald Life Swarm and the hero um, healing was keeping him around. So don't over uh, underestimate it. And this is why I said before, Suns can be a good KG army. You don't have to always charge. And sometimes the better option is to retreat and just get on the objective. Then you can use a heal, use a heroic action because you can't heal in combat. So keep that one in mind. But anyway, that's kind of why I went through this list. It is a bit more smashy. And against, uh, what, look, against one drops, I'm screwed. Like it is what yeah. it is. Like they're they're gonna do what they want to do, and I've got to accept that. Yeah, whatever. But so you know. so do you. You just got more forty more forgiving wounds than I do. Yeah. Um, in this particular list, though, if I've got sentinels, I've got those shooting attacks. You know, I have that threat range to get them into 
um, turn one. So um, I can slingshot them up the board. Gatebreakers have a 12-inch movement hmm. uh, plus a 3D6 charge. I can really get most places on the board in turn one if I need to. So um, that's the logic behind it. And it's a bit, like I said, it's a bit of a smash mash. Definitely. And what's also cool about 3D6 charge is because your, uh, your base is so huge, you could possibly tag multiple units, which means you get impact hits on multiple units. So you're just like D6, 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 and then you're smashing everywhere. Well, we didn't even talk about Craggy's uh, impact hit. So if he charges into a monster, you roll two dice, you multiply it, and as long as it's not a seven, you do that many mortal wounds. So if I roll two sixes, that is 36 mortal wounds. Goodbye, Mr. Monster. Yeah, definitely. And even even if you don't roll well, it's the fear factor of it. People are afraid of Kragnos because they're like, wait, you're telling me you could be, do a potential of 36 mortal wounds? doesn't even matter if I roll threes all the time you know it's the it's the fear factor that they're like "Ooh, i don't want to kind of tangle with him because like the potential spike is there and i'm afraid and as damien's pointed out in the chat you know one thing that we haven't really acknowledged just yet is the new edition has less objectives it has more it has more objectives closer to the center of the board and it means that i think the smaller boards work really well in our favor you know i i, I struggled at times in second edition when you had i remember a game against carriage overlords against it was scorching uh, scorched earth where there was eight objectives four on each side and Oof. i've only got four units so it's like yeah. if i sit on my objectives i'm going to get shot if i move off my objectives they're just going to fly high and take my objectives so it's like damned if i do damned if i don't there's not nearly as many of those situations for us and i think again that's why we compete quite well with the smaller boards, uh, less bodies on the objectives, easier to control, um, you know, there's all these kind of things, right? But um, you can absolutely, look, can you retreat and heal out of combat? Well, no, not not in the same turn because a retreat would happen in the movement phase. There's yeah. no way to retreat for us in the hero phase. So you'd be doing it at the bottom of the turn, hoping for the priority roll, or not even for the priority because you can do a heroic action heal anyway. But yeah. Um, well, it's yeah, uh, doing it in preparation for a heal. Yeah. And uh, Carlos, what we were talking about earlier is a lot of times we want our, uh, you know, we're big uh, heals in the in the format. So we want our buddy to tag team. So like if you have a wounded Gargant and a full health Gargant, you know, you retreat that other one, you know, maybe get him back to an objective way to turn, have your health boy just wail in and then heal him on the next turn and then get the charge because charging is very important for Gargants and you want to be the one charging, not the one being charged. So it's actually good to kind of fall back, wait a turn, heal up and then charge back in. I will say though, like in my list, um, the MVP in my list in the my last game that I had against this Stormcast list was actually the Man Crusher. That one solo man crusher was actually my MVP. I put him on the side of the board. He ran up against an objective. My opponent put down five liberators. Or no, it was Vindictors. Put down five Vindictors. He charged. So one, he was already on. So he went on the objectives, used signs of the storm, or I think he might have used the teleport from the Lord Relictor. Either way, the bodies are on the objective. I tagged it. So I just got my little man crusher on. I, I claimed the objective. Mm -hmm. I then charged them. I used my little stuffing of the pants to take out the hero with the grand hammer. Mm -hmm. There's four models left and there was enough damage in there. And he did that three times. Uh, he then dropped some, some uh, vindictors in my backfield and my back objective. And I just did the same thing literally. So um, one That's thing I really like about the pants. it is a lot of storm cast in the pants. <laughs> one, one, one man crusher is nothing to sneeze at. 
But uh, and that's kind of maybe why I like that the singles over the triples because the triples mm-hmm. do need babysitting. They can't issue themselves a, a command, which means that if they happen to take an in, uh, you know a, a, a bravery test, for example, or they need to do a battle shock, which has happened. I've I've been a few times, yeah, especially in like they can run. So you got to be really mindful of that. But and they can you know they can't issue themselves all out tackle or out defense. Yeah, and a single a single baby is nice too because like let's say you uh, he's walking up with his dad, uh, you send him in, he takes the unleash shell, maybe lives, maybe doesn't, but now they can't unleash shell the big boy, and now you can crash into those juicy shooters, and uh, sometimes you know your opponent might just ignore the baby because like you send him off into the corner, he steals an objective, and they're like, sure, I can devote resources to killing the baby, but I also have you know Kragnos or you know three other megas or what have you, kind of taking up the board, and it's like how much resources do I devote to this one little baby? and it's like it's hard to say right one cool thing about the baby as well is it can well actually two things one i like to leave them actually defensive right so a lot of teleports and coming in from reserve cool Mm -hmm. you can come in from reserve but my little baby is holding the back objective while everything moves forward but b there's a rule that often is missed and that is that the man crusher can run and charge if it's within yes. range of a mega i think it's like 12 or 10 or whatever it is right and i think it doesn't even have to be wholly within i think it just says within nah, i think it's just within yeah yeah but, i mean huge. Like, but 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 then but then you combine it with craggy but even if you don't combine it with craggy you can slingshot your man crushers up the board with um that run especially if you apply the, the command point for a six six yeah. guarantee that run of a six that means it's a base of eight i think yeah. it's base of eight so it's a 14 inch move um then a charge like you're you're in combat pretty easily if you want to be so um, yeah it's moving faster than a big one you know which is huge again it's is why everything. It's, you just need to babysit them yep um we talked a lot about Suns. For for an army that has more pages on, I don't know, allegiance abilities and actual war <laughs> scrolls in the army, yeah. um, just within 12, yeah. I mean, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, it, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good charge, right? It's, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot it's easier a good ability. than a six. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, we've talked a lot. Like, what are you thinking now about the army moving forward, right? We, we've got the emergence this weekend. We have the pre-order for uh, Deepkin and Fire Slayers. Obviously, you don't know the rules. I do. Yeah. Um, we've obviously seen some of the things coming up. You know, we've got Nighthawk. We've got Daughters of Cain. We've got two other mystery battle tomes. We've seen the rise of dragons. We've seen the rise of certain other armies. Certainly more Stormcast than I ever thought I would see if that's consistent. Yeah, it's, what are you uh, thinking about with a Suns army? Do you think you'll be changing your list at all? Uh, I think right now because I don't know like the IDK rules and the Fire Slayer rules. Uh, I really like where my list is at. Um, I'm obviously me and you have a very similar list idea in terms of Kragnos plus the one baby and Emerald Lifesword. I'm going to test that list a little bit. A lot of people are kind of hyping up Kragnos because he kind of picks up the weight of armies that are a little bit struggling and especially he's good into dragons. So I'm definitely going to test out Kragnos more. Um, but I think my list currently is uh, pretty solid and, um, you know, I don't know what the future lies, but I think currently it's still a very solid choice. You know, we only have like five units. So there's only so many combinations of the same thing you can really do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think Suns are a little bit on the downpour because before, you know, when third edition started, they're like, oh, Suns is the best army in the game. And, you know, they score points all the time. They're impossible. And now, like, there was only like eight players at LVO for doing Suns and like 
I don't know how the rest of them did. Um, but, uh, you know, it was like a lot of people were surprised that like Gargant's got ninth. And, uh, you know, I think we're definitely on the downswing for Suns. And, um, you know, we got to remind them that who the big boys are around, you know? Why? What, why? Why do you think that we're on the downswing? I think that the units are getting a lot of them are getting past that DPS check. You know, you have long strikes that can just shoot twice and possibly take, you know, he dealt 12 wounds to Kragnos and that's 12 wounds onto a Gargant. There's just a lot of elite units that are tough and hit hard back. And Suns kind of struggle with that. Or they, you know, they do either do what we do but better or can pin us down or they just, you know, they just do a whole bunch of damage. And we're kind of a little bit going down on the whole like monster hero hammer and becoming more focused on the troops. Mm. I, I would agree. And funnily enough, this tournament that I'm going to this weekend, I almost ran my gits. Um, and I, and part of the reason I almost ran my gits is I was going to run 160 bodies mm -hmm. because like Levan did at the LVO, the other counter to a lot of like mortal wound snipe shooting is just run bodies. Yep. Run so many bodies that I don't care if you do like 10 mortal wounds. Guess what? That's 10 grots. I still have 148 grots and then I'm going to bring back half of them when the unit dies. Whoop-de-doo. So that's the other counter. And whether we see Skaven and Gits and Nighthorn and Zombies and those types of hordes coming back is question mark. Um, who knows if they'll actually come back. But I think, yeah, to your point, the last six months, people have been trying to learn how do I pull down a Mega? That has been their, their, their goal. That's been like their KPI. Can yeah. I pull down a Mega? Because I can't compete them on the objectives. I don't have the bodies to handle them. Mm -hmm. So can I do it? And unfortunately, we don't have the tools to be doing redeploy shenanigans. We don't have the, you know, I've seen people playing around with, um, uh, what's it called? The teleporty uh, soul screen bridge, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to kind of even further advance them off the board. So there's a, a couple of things we can do. And I think that's where the arcane tome really benefits us. It gives them some flexibility that we were lacking. Definitely. But realize that when you hit the tables against Seraphon, Zanch, Nagash, you know, insert all the names here, you are at a disadvantage and you can't rely on Flaming Weapon, Emerald Life Swarm. You need to have a plan in mind on how you deal with that. Yeah, 100%, you know, and that's kind of the thing, like you were saying earlier, we were the villains at the start of 3rd Edition. Everyone was like, how do I kill Omega? Now people are figuring it out. And because we had all that light, now people are like, all right, that's the guy I need to beat up. So now they're kind of focusing on that. And unfortunately, it's kind of working, especially because uh, this this edition is very heavily on save stacking and we can't really do it that well, you know? And... No, we don't benefit from cover. Our Mystic Shield is uh, sketchy at best. Yeah. Um, and we're relying on Finest Hour, all that defense. And we can only issue them one, right? So um, Exactly. And sometimes you get roared in and you can't even all out defense. So it's just like, oof. Yes, yes. Roaring roaring is something that has hurt a lot of us. And unfortunately, you, again, this is why you got to plan around and have two of them in combat. So even if one gets roared at, you've still got um, an ability to to get a plus one to, to your hit. Yeah, definitely huge. But yeah, that's that's unfortunately why they're kind of a little bit on the downswing. You know, uh, we were in the crosshairs for so long and now people are starting to finally figure it out. And we don't know in the future if it's going to be easier or if it's going to be harder. I mean, uh, I hope that, you know, Sun still stays a strong army in the future. Um, but yeah, uh, right now I still 
I still like the four megas list. I still really like breaker tribe. I'm sorry, coach discord. I know you love your stomper tribe. Um, <laughs> but you know, who's, who knows what the future holds, right? Maybe, uh, if there's more horde Betty, you know, you go more war stomper and, uh, baby gargant. So I'm sorry, coach, you might have to buy more war stompers. Uh <laughs> I've got one and a friend has lent me one because this tournament, I almost ran your list. Well, a, a version of your list, right? Mm -hmm. I was going to run two Gatebreakers, two War Stompers. But it's interesting because at the top of the show, I was talking about the fact that I'm not worried about Sentinels and Damian Newsom in the chat mentioning that he's actually, as an LRL player, struggling to kill that Omega because those chip mortal wounds don't do a lot. The mm -hmm. Foxes will pin us, but they don't do the damage, right? So really, it's that consistent, can you do... 35 damage or more in a single turn. And Lumineth is not where Lumineth is going to beat us, is not in the damage game. It's going to be in the, the mind control game, especially when you apply the Cathala with the bravery check stuff. That our, our bravery is hot garbage, which makes it hard for us to heal. Like when we go for the heroic action heal, it does make it a 50 50, like it's a bit of a sketchy one. Maybe not 50-50, but, but also like the Cathalar, if you want to, uh, was it half movement or some of the shenanigans with yeah. the uh, the portal, nothing we can do about it. Yeah, I think for Luminef, like it, it is generally a matchup that's good for Suns, but I think you definitely want to focus in on the stuff that like, because uh, I have a buddy who plays Luminef, he's like, all right, I'll lower your bravery to two, so now your bravery five, and then he'll do the stuff where it's like you have to roll a die to see if you move or charge or shoot or whatever. Yes, yeah. You want to yeah. do stuff that just kind of cripples us from what we're doing, and that's what you want to lean on. Why are you telling us secrets? Uh, you know, I just... Again, like, you know, like you, 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 if you're playing against Megas, um, you've really got to think about, you know, you can't you can't beat us at Mighty Earth's right here. But what you can do is you can stop us from getting on the objective overall. If you can body block us from the objective, then Mighty Earth's Rider is thrown out the window. 100%. Yeah, just do all in. And also, like, we don't, we get one deny, you know, and that's if we take that artifact. And yeah, you can do a heroic action to uh, make him a, a wizard in sake of denying. But if you bring like Teclis or any form of plus casting it's really hard to deny him so you know i had a buddy he was doing tech list and he's like all right i'll make i'll make you have to check to see if you move on a 10 and it's just like oh, how hot are my dice they weren't uh you know or i'll auto i'll make it on a 12 or something so yeah definitely lean into the abilities that kind of cripple your movement and other shenanigans and i think you'll have an easier time as lumineth what about do you feel like you've lost anything by not taking the uh what's it called kraken eater because the kraken eater and i think one of the things that kind of threw people off was the ability that the kraken eater can kick an objective and you know sometimes it changes the points value sometimes it just moves around the table and just generally annoys people mm -hmm. uh, whether you kick it back or kick it forward however you want to kick it but you know some people kind of got annoyed about it you know if you're not a suns player do you feel like you've lost much by not having a Kraken Eater in your list? Almost, at one point, it was like, don't leave home without a Kraken. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this statement. Um, definitely not. Um, I think Kraken Eater is best in his own tribe. I think he's the best in Taker, and obviously you have to have him. Um, but in Breaker, he isn't worth it because you're again we're focusing on what gargants do best in breaker tribe that's focusing on damage and you want to focus on damage and he's just not near the levels definitely not near the levels of a gatebreaker and definitely not near the levels of a war stomper and yeah like the utility of kicking objectives is nice but you're giving up too much damage which i think is the focal point 
to really take him. He does offer some good stuff, right? You know, when you do the piling, you can take D3 models out of coherency, and that could be a whole unit's champion squad, right? You could take the banner, the champion, and the musician. Mm -hmm. One, they wouldn't be able to issue commands for themselves, but two, you could even break coherency. And I know one of the trips, I don't like this trick. I never use this trick that you uh, can do the, the takeout of the unit at the end of the combat so that there's no chance for your opponent to pile in and bring back into coherency, which would then mean that half the unit would be deleted because they're not coherent at the end of the turn. So that is a move. I don't like it. I don't use it. But even just being able to pull out those special weapons, uh, those you know elite units like the, the, the champion or the banner um, is always helpful. And I always found the Kraken Eater's shooting attack gave me a bit more consistency. I can't yep. rely on the Gatebreaker for uh, throwing rocks. Mm -hmm. The War Stomper doesn't do any doesn't rock shoot. throwing. Nope. The Man Crusher can only do one. It's D3 attacks. If you've got a unit of three, it's D3 attacks. It could be as little as three. It can be as high as nine. And they don't hit um, well. No, they, you know, they hit on fours, wound on threes, rend one for D3. So they hit, yes. they're good for clearing like chaff screens and things, but they're certainly not hero killers. Right. But the Kraken Eater's shooting attack, he's an overall good utility, um, I found. But yes, he's like the jack of all trades, but the master of nothing but None, yeah. objectives. Yeah, exactly. And I said, like, if you're playing Taker, obviously, because uh, I've, I've played the Kraken Eater list where you like play three Kraken Eaters and you're just playing soccer with each other and you're just like kicking objectives. But I, I think you know he's lacking on the damage, and you definitely want to focus on the damage if you're if you're doing breaker at least, you know. I, I wish one day we get some allies. I would like some allies. Yeah, or like a new or like a new gargant that's like I, I saw some someone's idea where it's like a shaman gargant where like they're actually like a, some sort of caster. That'd be really cool. Or you know maybe a unit champion for the baby so they don't have to pal around with their dad all day while they're at work. And I think there's one thing that hurts, and we're missing a couple of things. There's a couple of things like um, I would love the man crushers to have the same uh, coherency as um, the dragons, dragons. Mm -hmm. the dragons, um, and the eels as well. The eels got that through the Fury of the Deep. Don't yeah, try to get me, guys. I didn't leak anything. I didn't leak anything from the NDA. It was from Fury of the Deep. Um, I would love the ability for man crushers to have the three inch coherency because you find that when you have a unit, and this is probably why I don't like man crushers as well, is you've got to pack them in really close mm -hmm. and it's hard to get the headbutt in when you really need it. Cause it's a one inch attack, right? Yeah. But if I had three inch coherency, I could get, you know, more of my attacks in um, and I'm paying a premium for those, those man crushers. So I want to get the most of it. Yeah, definitely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Cool, yeah. I, I, I too would like a priest or a shaman at some stage. Even if it was a man crusher, like a man crusher, crusher shaman, give me a little wizardy hat or a priest like staff, uh, I will totally be on board with that. Yeah, 100%. That'd be dope. Is there any final comments or any other thoughts or anything that you kind of want to share with the, the Gargant community that you know, you've learned from the LVO that you'll be taking into your next series of tournaments with the big boys? I think mm -hmm. um, for me, the, the, the meta or the landscape of the competitive scene is slightly shifting right now, mm -hmm. um, not triggered necessarily by the winter FAQ, but more about um, six months there has been like five to six armies that have been really terrorizing the competitive scene. And you can, we all know them, right? Right. 
people are now finding ways to crack through that shell. And you saw at the LVO, Cities of Sigmar does really well. Yes, Gavin did really well good, good with his Stormcaster style cities, but then you also had the Phoenician. You had um you had zombie focused um soul black grave lords. Mm-hmm. You had um uh, Ogre more tribes with the Beast Claw Raiders. So people are finding ways to crack through. And the top eight probably isn't what people would have expected before mm-hmm. the Elf kick kicked off. You know, you would have thought Daughters of Cain would have been in the top eight. Wasn't there. Um, Lumineth Realm Lords wasn't in the top eight. Seraphon wasn't in the top eight. Yeah, so, so what you would have expected in the top eight was not actually in there. So I think we're starting to find responses and finding ways around them or people are just getting bored. But anyway, back to you. Any final thoughts, comments, or things that you'd want to share before I kind of bring this home? Uh, yeah, Sons is a is a is a fun army. Uh, don't get discouraged by the price tag. There's plenty of cool uh, alternatives out there. I think that's a reason why a lot of people kind of shirk away from it. And while the yes, they are still like the the kind of gatekeeping army of the format. There is definitely ways to get around it, and we're clearly seeing. Um, that sort of rise but you know my my fellow sons players you know keep on innovating i know it's we only have five units but uh as the meta shifts you know who knows maybe that stomper tribe list that the discord is convincing everybody is good <laughs> will uh will finally be the thing and maybe coach will actually have to buy you know two more war stompers so we'll see it's it's still there just because they're on the downswing doesn't mean that they are like f tier now uh, as no. you can tell, like, you know, I, I went ninth with Sons, and I still think they are a very solid army. Now, are they like the best army at the start of uh, arguably the best army when the, the edition started? No, probably not. But they are still a very, very strong choice. And, you know, and also they're just fun. They're just a lot of fun, um, you know, and uh, I think you'll have a good time. And also, like we were talking about earlier, it's so nice and relaxing to just push four to six seven models and you know it kind of takes away the stress of like i have to position this way so that way i can't like get tagged this way and it it's just uh really relaxing yeah it's just like it is what it is i think that was kind of what i took away is i just i am what i am can i do i have to worry about which spell to unbind and when and what range no i just accept it are you going to come in from reserve and how do i screen out and where do i protect I am what I am. You drop where you want to drop. Like I just do my thing and I do my thing well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you 100%. I don't think Suns were ever meant to be the top tier list. I think they just happen to find themselves top mm-hmm. tier. But I think they're really a gatekeeper list. They are going to stop you from, you know, can you kill a Mega Gargant is a KPI if you want to win a tournament. But I don't think necessarily we were meant to be out there winning tournaments. Um, and certainly our time in the Sun is slowly fading. Two burning questions. One, do you have any favorite battle tactics to play um, for Megas? Battle tactics to play for uh, Megas, like from the White Dwarf or just in general? I, I dislike the White Dwarf ones. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I keep I it around just one. in case. <laughs> yeah, the Gatebreaker one is like situational maybe, but yeah. you know, I, I don't find I'm drawing from the White Dwarf ones at all. Uh, I find any, any ones that were... Uh, like conquer is a huge one because you don't really have to commit a lot because again you can even just get a toe in and you automatically not automatically but like you're more likely to get um conquer and stuff like that just because you can step in and just take an objective and again like even if you're charging in yeah man skills is funny but it's not consistent um if you're charging in and just happen to be on the objective you get conquer so uh conquer is great uh you know aggressive expansion because your big movement anything that has to do with movement and taking objectives are 
some of my favorite because you do it so well. Yeah, I um one of my last games I actually played against an ogre list and um I played the new white dwarf rule and the white dwarf uh, battle tactic where mm -hmm. uh, with the gatebreaker you've got to destroy faction terrain. Um, I can't remember the conditions exactly, but you had to be like destroy enemy terrain, uh, which worked really well for me with the gatebreaker getting the plus one, but it still was a bit sketchy because then it means a gatebreaker is destroying on a three or a two. And yeah. There's that one chance of still failing. And I think it was good to have, but when something like conquer and aggressive expansion and, you know, monstrous takeovers available, I'm clearly going those ones, but it was nice to have, especially when people are dropping aggressive terrain and maybe there's multiple terrains, whether it's like feculent Narmors or gloom type shipwrecks and things like that, at least you've got some things to smash. Though I miss, though I miss OBR players putting their, their, their uh, bone daddy terrain piece in the middle of the board. I always smash it turn one. It was my favorite thing. I think I've smashed at least five, uh nexuses easily i almost yeah. bought a nexus to break actually and then put on the tag i got to that point where i was breaking nexuses for fun oh there you go that's what's up yeah you definitely want to go with like the more consistent battle tactics yeah. and you know uh the move base taking over objective ones are arguably the most consistent because you know you might choose like bring it down slay the warlord or broken ranks and then you just flub on dice and you're like oh i failed a battle tactic where well, they uh, redeploy or, or they, they redeploy. redeploy. Yeah, that's also huge. Whereas in your movement, you know, Gatebreakers move 12, War Stompers move 10. If you really need to, you can tell them to run faster. So you're very mobile. So I really like those mobile uh, take objective uh, secondaries for sure. Last question, and I know you kind of touched on it. Do you have any deployment advice for Suns? Because I think that's part of the challenge, right? Is that we don't have screens. We don't have, like we got potentially four or five models at best. I mean, 10 if you go um, the Stomper tribe. Do you have any tactical advice on how you think about deployment? Is it the same deployment every time? Do you have some conditions where, like, you know, would your uh, army deploy differently with Iron Jaws versus, I don't know, Lumineth and, and Daughters? Or like, what, what's, what's your thinking here? Yeah, uh, I think deploying, uh, I, I kind of like to... Uh, Keep them well, one, keep them together, right? Friendship is magic, you want to keep them together. Um, so I kind of like putting them on like one side of the board or the other side of the board and like kind of conversing towards the middle, or you can kind of keep one center and then two in the middle, and then that way you can kind of figure out your plan for, for the generic deployment against Iron Jaws because I know they're going to try to go for that turn one alpha strike. Uh, I, I went with a triangle deployment as best as I could, so that way if he is tagging, uh, uh, charging me turn one you can uh get multiple tags in there so any any matchup where you know they're super speedy i would kind of deploy in a triangle movement and that way they can guarantee tag multiple uh if you're playing babies like you said earlier and we were talking about i kind of like putting a baby off in the corner and then sending the big boys towards the other side and it's like do i focus the baby or do i focus the big boys so it's definitely matchup dependent but i would say my generic uh deployment was usually two in the corners or like two in one corner and two in the middle but always make sure your boys got your back so make sure you know you don't want to spread out too thin because then they'll just take you out one by one yeah there's plenty of times where i will either run them in tag teams or at times i'll actually run one of them as a trio so i will just absolutely concentrate my three megas into one part of the board destroy it and then spread out because again, I, I don't trust my megas. One's not enough. 
Sometimes two is a bit sketchy, but you know, three is definitely overkill. And most armies can't handle 1500 points of mega gargans in one round of combat. And you just collapse that absolute monster hero or that, you know, that super buffed up unit. And once that's collapsed, you get to into all the, you know, the juicy center of the army and, you know, you kill those support heroes, right? So I either like to go triple and there's crush. And that was what kind of worked on Catacross and, and uh, Archeon mm-hmm. and a few other superheroes. Or um, one thing I like to do even is I'll do like a, a little force in the middle and then have two megas on the flanks. And I'll I'll basically bring them in like a pin because they're like, well, where do I focus? And, and the megas have such good movement that they can swing pretty easily from one side of the board to another. So if somebody destroys the objective in turn three, I can swing a mega pretty quickly to where the other objectives are. So I can swing um, things like that. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, but there's plenty of, plenty of, um, sorry, a bot went through talking about hot, hot, hot men. And people are like, yeah, are you already watching hot men? Yeah, Hilarious. we're talking, we're talking about sons. So there's nothing hotter. Talking sons. All right. Dylan, this has been awesome. We could talk megas forever. Funnily enough, there's only like four. Oh, I'd be remiss. Forge World has a mega that I think is complete trash. I hate the bone gargan. Bone, bone grinder? Bone. bone grinder. I hate the bone grinder. It is a poor man's version of the gatebreaker. In the ye old days before Suns came out, it used to have a six-inch pile-in, and I dig that. It lost the six-inch pile-in. I don't like it. I want to pass it on to you. Do you have any thoughts about the bone the bone grinder? It's a cool looking proxy. And that's it's it. It's not. It's not. Like <laughs> when you look at the bone grinder and then you look at the other, like the others, it just looks different. Like it's just such a breaking of immersion. So again, it, another reason why I don't like it. it. It reaches certain people's aesthetic. Sure, go for it if you like that old timing kind of style. Use it as a proxy for a better gargant. But yeah, it rules as own. It's oof. All right. There's lots we can talk about, Dylan. Uh, if people want to chat to you, I know that you are in my Discord. Uh, Sleepy mm-hmm. Gary is the handle. You're obviously in the Suns chat. Are you on any other social medias that people might want to like tweet you or Instagram you or OnlyFans you? Uh, no, I'm actually not. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, we don't really have any uh, social media. Um, I'm in like various Discord. So like I'm in the Season of War Discord, AOS Coach Discord. So you can kind of hit me that way. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm don't really have a whole lot of social media. So sorry, right. guys. People, are you in the Facebook group? There's a uh, that the Suns uh, Facebook group. Uh, maybe I'm not really sure. I don't really pay attention a lot to Facebook. You know, it's kind of like. All right, that wasn't a loaded right? question, people. I'm not trying to like f- filter you into Discord. I was trying to find if there were any other ways. By the way, <laughs> join the Discord. There's like four thousand two hundred plus members talking Age of Sigma. So. If you want the biggest Age of Sigma Discord, you want to come to the best live TTS games and people talking lists. And uh, it's always good as well because you get some interesting collaborations from other people. Like, right, I'm struggling against Lumineth. How do I beat Lumineth? And I can even go and talk to the Lumineth people. And uh, it's a wonderful little melting pot. But Sleepy Gary, any shout outs before we bring it home? Yes, definitely. Um, well, one, I'd like to thank uh, you, Coach, and the community. Uh, when I was at LVO, they were so ecstatic for how well i was doing like they were sending me like raise your hands give me your spirit energy you know and i was really like leveling up there and it was amazing that like they were so thrilled and like cheering for me and these are people i've never met you know i'm just an internet uh 
I do have an Instagram, but that's like a personal one. But like, <laughs> and a TikTok as well. We we told. I've never posted on there, so I don't really count that as social media. But um, um, they they were just cheering me on, like some guy they've never met, and I don't know if they will ever meet me. But also, if you ever see me at an event, please say hi. I love to meet fellow community members. This community is so awesome. Um, they were just cheering me on, and they're like, "Go, go, go for gold!" And you know, even when I didn't make top eight, I felt a little kind of bad because I felt like I was letting people down and they were like, no, dude, you did awesome. Like we are so proud of you. And they were really kind of like, you know, and my other friends kind of elevated me up because, you know, I kind of beat myself up a little bit. I was like, dang, I was so close. How could I have lost, you know, and the whole community was just rising me up. So really awesome community. Besides that, uh, I want to shout out to the, you know, everyone on the West side, you know, Cali team for life. Uh, I want to shout out to Green Tower Games, the my local uh, local game store, and I want to shout out to Battle Re Battle Ready Wargaming, uh, a team that has been talking to me and stuff like that because uh, they were very excited about how I uh, did well at LVO. Well, join come come back to LVO, and I will see you at twenty twenty three. Yes, so, sir. So I'll be there. I don't know what I'm going to run yet. Maybe it's Stormcast. Maybe it'll be Suns. Let's see what travels well. Don't um, give in to the enemy, we'll... coach. Well. Let's see how we go. Give give me some of these <laughs> things that I want. Give me my three-inch coherency. Give me a wizard gargant and we'll talk. But who knows what – I think the other thing to keep in mind, and this is more like a teaser, is General's Handbook 2023 – so 2022 mm -hmm. is probably three months away, approximately. Oh. I don't have a date. That's not me leaking anything. But we can probably expect it around that June-July period. So who knows what the incentives are going to look like? Will there be more monster incentives? Will they be focused on magic? Will they be focused on hordes? What will the battle plans look like? So think about that and think about what the impacts are probably going to be mm -hmm. and, um, you know, enjoy the monster meta while it lasts. Um, be mindful that when you do lose a monster, it is a VP. So you want, to, you want to be scoring more victory points to counter the loss or just don't lose monsters. That would probably be another tip. Just don't die. But unfortunately, that one is a little out of my control. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, who knows what the future holds for us? I mean, we're, we're still a strong army and, you know, I think we will still be a strong army headed off into the future. So don't lose hope, guys. Just because the sun is setting doesn't mean we're like completely in the shadows. Yeah, we'll have fun. We have fun. We stomp. We stuff things in our pants and we just have a good time. Sleepy Gary, Dylan, you have been a legend. Thank you so much for this discussion. Uh, I am going to go do some editing of certain videos that I shouldn't be talking about until tomorrow, but you all know what's coming. Stay tuned. You mate, you're a legend. Thank you so much. And best of luck. Hopefully I see you in the next tournament. If not, keep stomping the tribes for us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.